This episode is sponsored by Become. Your natural anxiety relief starts today. As Camilla Smith shares on episode 88 of the podcast, what we consume in our body directly affects our brain and stress. Muscle tension from repressed anxiety, irritability, and overwhelm are all side effects of trapped negative emotions in your body. You can get relief and feel your best with their research-backed supplements and feel a reduction of anxiety within one week of using Become. Try it now and get one-on-one expert support that addresses the root of your worry and anxiousness. Use code EMPATH30, E-M-P-A-T-H-30 for 30% off your first full month at joinbecome.co. That's join, B-E-K-O-M-E dot co. The link is in the show notes. At the core in mental health, we can typically tie a lot of different disorders or states of being, personality traits, to relationships, right? Relationships that were either formed early on with our parents or maybe peers or any form of relationship. And that tends to have a long lasting impact that then continues to impact people to present day. Welcome to the Empath and the Narcissist podcast where you regain your sparkle back after narcissistic abuse. I am your host, Raven Scott, your go-to narcissist abuse recovery coach. This is episode 88, the fear of impasse being alone and how to relieve anxiety through your body with Camilla Smith. Repeat after me. I am awakened. I am the chain breaker. I am the daughter of the earth. I relate to you, empath, and your struggles. And this show is here to support you and empower you. Follow me on Instagram at Show and DM me free gift. And I will send you the ever so popular how to set powerful boundaries with the narcissist free workshop and start healing yourself and taking back the power in your life today. As a reminder, this podcast is for educational purposes only. It is not a substitute for professional therapy. Thank you for being here, Camilla. I'm so excited to dive into this topic about gut health and nutrition. This won't be airing during Virgo season, but we're going to be talking about it during Virgo season, which is part of that zodiac. We love health, so perfect timing. Thank you and welcome to the show. Yes, thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here. It's always such a pleasure to be able to connect and share information. So thank you for having me here. Yeah, absolutely. This is the joys of podcasting is connecting with people all around the world to join together to share information that is uplifting and empowering to everyone. So before we dive into this topic about how the fear of us empaths of being alone can spark anxiety in us and how we can take care of that and heal it through our gut health, nutrition, and even mental health practices. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. I numbed myself to stop the pain and I reached out to friends for help, but it wasn't until I gained courage to leave and seek therapy that my dark abyss of hopelessness finally started to let in the light I was so longing for. If you think you might be feeling depressed, stressed, anxious, or overwhelmed, today's sponsor, BetterHelp, is here to help you. BetterHelp offers licensed therapists 
who are trained to listen and help you. It allows you to talk to your therapist in a private online environment at your convenience. With a broad range of expertise in BetterHelp's 20,000 plus therapists network, it will give you access to help that you need that may not be available in your area. Finding a therapist is easy. You just fill out the questionnaire to help assess your specific needs and then you get matched with the therapist in under 48 hours. Everything you share is completely confidential. In therapy, I learned that I wasn't the selfish, lesser person my ex convinced me I was. In my therapy, I was able to get affirmation that I was truly being emotionally and sexually abused. That alone allowed me to release my trauma and grow into the strong coach and mentor that I am today. But I didn't just gain that alone in therapy. I gained my sense of self-autonomy back, my power back, and my confidence back. Join the 3 million plus people who have taken charge of their mental health with an experienced BetterHelp therapist. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com forward slash empath. That's betterhelp.com forward slash E-M-P-A-T-H in the link in the show notes. Camilla Smith LCSW is a licensed psychotherapist and anxiety expert with advanced training in mental health and nutrition, doctorate in health sciences, and chief clinical officer at Become. Become is a mental wellness company dedicated to providing a safe and all-natural approach to alleviating anxiety through supplementation, nutrition, and gut health. She is a professional speaker, mindfulness facilitator at Copper Beach, and adjunct professor at the University of New Haven, teaching undergraduate, graduate sociology, and psychology courses. She is passionate about holistic wellness, meaningful social impact, and advocacy. What is your back? Like, how did you get into this? How did you become a licensed therapist and a social worker and, and all the fun stuff? Yeah. So I, when people ask me this question, the answer is pretty simple. And it's when I was little, I told myself, I want to help people. And then from there, the universe just took me. I got my undergrad in sociology, graduated, and I love learning. So I knew that I wanted to go back to school. And it just seemed like social work was the right thing. It flowed very naturally. When I was thinking about graduate school, I instantly was like, social work. So I got into the program. What I didn't know is that I could become a clinical social worker, which then uh, led me to the path of becoming a therapist. So I had no idea that this was an option for me until I got there. And the advisor asked me, you know, what do you want to do? Advocacy, clinical education. And that's kind of where my clinical career started. So once I graduated, I started, well, before then in the interim, I worked at different hospitals as case manager. Then when I graduated, I started working with kids at an outpatient clinic and continued working with adults, kids, kind of a wide spectrum. And after about five years of being in practice, I felt very underprepared in a way. You know, I had the tools, I had the resources, I had the training, but I did not have a good understanding of all of the moving parts. And what I mean, I worked at a clinic where we had primary care, OBGYN, kind of, you know, a a nice comprehensive clinic. And we would get referrals from, let's say, primary care. So a lot of our clients would come in with medical conditions that, you know, and referred for mental health. 
And I felt completely, you know, not capable of treating, not even just treating, but really providing a solid kind of a base of information for their medical. And then I, it dawned on me that there really isn't any anxiety or mental health doctors aside from psychiatry. Now I'm all for, you know, medicine. I am not against it by any means, but I did, you know, there are some people that rather try alternative and I couldn't find the, that, that gap in between medical and mental health. So I went back to school, got my doctorate in health sciences and then decided to focus on the use of natural remedies and anxiety for my research. As I was doing that, I had a vision board last year, April. We'll be back in just a moment. Hey, empaths, wanted to take a break and ask if these phrases sound familiar to you. I didn't say that. You're too sensitive. No one will ever believe you. If these phrases are familiar, then you may be dealing with a narcissist. Then my book, Empath and the Narcissist, is for you. How to overcome narcissistic abuse and recover from PTSD, codependency, gaslighting, and manipulation. This book is a guide for you to heal from childhood trauma with effective exercises and even a bonus chapter on human design. Also receive another bonus in this book, the free Four Ways to Set Powerful Boundaries workshop is included in this book if you wish to feel alive again and take back the power in your life, then go to www.ravenscott.show forward slash empath and the narcissist. Now back to the show. And on the vision board, I put that I wanted to have a nutraceutical company. That's all I really knew that I wanted, you know, didn't know how it was going to happen. In December, I got a call from someone that I was on a nonprofit board and she said, hey, can we meet? I want to run something by you. We have this idea for a company and I just think you'd be great. So I was like, okay. So we got on a call and it's Vanessa and she said, hey, we're thinking of starting like a vitamin company for anxiety. And I was like, no way. And I was like, okay, well, I have a hundred page document ready to go for you with formulations. <laughs> and then that took us on a path to where we are now, where we, we formulated and launched a multivitamin for anxiety. So it's been a, a path of me kind of following my heart, a combination of my heart, my gut, and letting things just unfold and yeah. kind of just flowing with whatever, whatever comes. Responding. Yeah. Responding to your vision. Yeah. Yes. Doing what you love and then responding to the call. That's beautiful. Yes. Wow. You. That's so amazing. Yeah. And you were in the thick of it, realizing that, well, it's either super intense, you know, medications for anxiety or talking. <laughs> there has yeah, to be an exactly. in-between. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And for centuries, I know before pharmaceuticals were invented and all the things, that people always did refer to plants for yes. medicine and for Absolutely. Mm. And it's one of, you know, I think another thing that has been a bit hard is the divide between Eastern and Western medicine. Mm. In Western medicine, there are a lot of different alternatives, herbalism, acupuncture, there's so many, but there isn't, right? That overlap is very stark. And it's a big part of me. So I'm also a hypnotherapist. I'm trained. I'm a yoga teacher. I'm trained in Reiki. So all sorts of 
alternative. And again, that place in the middle felt so hard to find that, that bridge between Western medicine, science, and bringing in some of the more natural alternative wellness practices. Yeah. Yeah. And it always seems to be very much of a dividing kind of swing. Like one person, most people either go Western all the way or Eastern all the way. And I think that in anything, right? Empaths, narcissists, you know, relationships, independence, codependence, everything is better with a balance. You know, you swing one way and it's too off balance. You swing the other way, it's also too off balance. So yes, I love that. I love that approach. Now, have you experienced in working with people a lot of anxiety around maybe being alone or a lot of anxiety about relationship problems? Definitely both. Yes and yes. I think that (laughs) the pandemic definitely brought on a lot of anxiety, social anxiety, general anxiety that was caused by the separation and isolation from our, you know, sometimes our primary circle. Um, Mm. So I think during the past two years, I saw a big rise in people, you know, kind of feeling really alone, depressed, and being afraid to to establish connections, right, because of this invisible predator, you know, COVID that has kind of stood in the middle of us being able to connect. So mm-hmm. that that has been a big piece of it. And as far as relationships, I'd say that at the core in mental health, we can typically tie a lot of different, you know, disorders or states of being, personality traits to relationships, right? Relationships that were either formed early on with our parents or maybe peers or any form of relationship. And that tends to have a long lasting impact that then continues to impact people to present day. Yeah, it is our family of origin, toxic or healthy, that establish our emotional intelligence and mental health. Yeah, and it it does establish patterns because it becomes subconscious, am I correct? The, the patterns yes. are subconscious and how you interact with then now people as an adult in your adult relationships. Yeah. So interestingly, we have different brain waves and they we store memories based on whatever brainwave when we also recall them and that brainwave when we're born we're only born with one and then we develop the next around three to four and as we get older we develop more of these brainwaves when we talk about the subconscious or the conscious mind that's closely related to how we've stored information so early relationships with our parents maybe as an infant or a three four-year-old our, our brain is always storing information, memories, right? So it's there. That's what we call kind of our unconscious or subconscious. We are unable to access it unless we're in that brain wave, which is mm-hmm. where sometimes people might dream of things. Or when we're asleep, we have access to some of those memories. But I think, again, here's where I love the interplay between science and a lot of the things that we've known for a long time. We know that we're driven by something, you know, kind of deeper and innate. And scientifically, it goes down to brainwaves, which is pretty cool. Yeah, that is cool. That's a really cool correlation. Yes. I love that you brought that up. I just read a book about singing bowls, and they had gone mm-hmm. into the, the, the brainwaves yes. of like the different. I loved how they broke it down, too. It was like this book about singing bowls, but it's like this is important to know that this science correlates to the vibrations. In- yes. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. So in... In talking about this, how does the anxiety that we're feeling, especially us who are listening to this, 
those who are listening to the podcast, they're feeling a lot of anxiety. It's scary to go out on your own. It's scary to leave what you know. It's scary to face and tell the truth, stand up for yourself, make boundaries. I mean, pretty much anything interacting with a narcissist causes anxiety and stress. So can you help us connect that to our gut health and nutrition? Absolutely. So, you know, oftentimes when we think about our emotional states, our thoughts, we tend to think about our brain, right? Our brain being the powerhouse, being the kind of the command center. And this is true, right? However, there's actually another system that is has been coined the second brain. And it's actually believed to have been the primary brain. So before we developed the faculties of our, you know, our brain, we had the, the ENS, right? And that's in our gut. So our gut brain, we're going to call it our gut brain. Our Mm -hmm. gut brain actually has the capacity to feel, to send signals, to receive, kind of just like our brain. So we have two actual nervous systems. One, our brain utilizes the CNS, the central nervous system, and our gut utilizes the ENS, which is the enteric nervous system. Mm -hmm. So what this means, and then there is, it's connected by the vagus nerve. I can get very geeky, but other (laughs) other systems. Yeah, that goes goes up and down. Yeah, Mm -hmm. HPA axis. Our primary emotions, our instinctual responses to fear, to sadness are often felt in our stomach. You know, um, kind of even the expression of like, oh, I have this, this, fear or this feeling in the pit of my stomach, right? Intuition is in our stomach or in our heart, right? We don't, we might think it, but we more feel it. So the feeling aspect is connected to our gut more than our brain, right? We don't feel our brain. Um, We think, right? But we do feel in our stomach, which is kind of backwards, right? I feel like we tend to think of the brain controlling everything, but the reality is that our gut is what controls feelings. So when we're going through stress, when we are in, you know, chronic situations where we are in an activated state that activates our ENS system. And because it is in our stomach, that impacts our gut health as well, right? Because so that system, not only our stomach, not only helps us to perceive the world react, but it also is our gut, right? It also helps us to digest food. And another part that's super interesting, serotonin is our neurotransmitter in charge of mood, sleep, appetite, and pain. And 90% of it is produced in our stomach. So only a really small percent is in our brain. So our our ability to regulate and our ability to have a balanced state where we're sleeping good, we feel good, we're balancing, you know, pain, that's all in our stomach. So if we're experiencing a lot of stress and that throws off our our kind of our gut health, it's going to throw off our production of our main neurotransmitter. So it's a cycle, right? Essentially mental health, lives in our stomach or feels in our stomach, not just our brain. Ooh, I love that. So many times with guests and even myself on the podcast sharing, trying to help those guide themselves out of the brain fog and the mental gymnastics and contortionism of narcissists on their brain is always talking about like, go into your body. What does your body feel? Do you recoil? Do you Mm -hmm. cry when they say things that shouldn't make you cry? Like, I love you is a phrase that should not make Mm -hmm. you cry. Therefore, your body is not trusting that. So I love that you're, you're talking about that and saying that that is, that is where that intuition lies, which also aligns with what I talk about in human design. Those who have either the solar plexus or the sacral authority, Mm -hmm. that's it. That's down 
in the yes, soul plexus, yes. right? It's down, it's down yes. below. It's not up here. Yeah. There's no authority anywhere in the human design that is up above in the brain. It's yes. always down below it's in the body. Down. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, it's really, it's really interesting to kind of think about. And and I think oftentimes the difficulty of perhaps victims, whether it's narcissism, unhealthy relationships, trauma is the disconnect, right? Our gut tells us one thing, our heart tells us another, and our brain tells us another thing, right? So it's like, in my gut, I feel this isn't right, but I feel like I want to stay or I feel afraid, but then I can't make sense of the disconnect between my heart and my gut. So now they're all out of whack. There's no alignment, mm-hmm. right? But the truest one, and I would say, honestly, in when I work with clients, I always go back to, you know, listening to our our intuition, learning and gaslighting oftentimes impairs our ability to trust our own gut, right? Mm-hmm. In narcissism or in unhealthy relationships, because of the, the abusive dynamics, we stop believing in ourselves. We stop kind of like, you know, paying attention to that gut feeling. Mm-hmm. So again, that gut feeling is really, it's in part intuitive, but intuitive in a very instinctual way, in a way that like, you know, right? We know through our gut more than we know through our brain sometimes. Before language was formed, the gut brain was formed. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And the narcissist uses language as the weapon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when, again, going back to an example, because I experienced it, not trying to talk about myself, but going back to that, it's like I actually was starting to develop, well, I definitely had IBS. I couldn't eat. Mm-hmm. On top of that, I was on a super restricted diet because I had to say a, a certain weight for him. But I, I wasn't able to, I was starting to develop food allergies. Like I wasn't able to eat pretty much a lot of things that had gluten in it. And I also couldn't consume any more dairy. And I actually even spoke to a nutritionist and she was like, well, first, honey, you need to actually eat food. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm not eating enough. It's like, no, you're not eating enough. But then also it was, it was just like, I don't know why. I just thought it was this mystery, right? Because I had been ignoring my gut for so long. Yes. So I'm sure yeah. there are people like that, and, the audience who are experiencing that, and they're ignoring their body and their gut. Yes. And, you know, our body speaks to us. Pain, discomfort is a, it's a sign. It's, there's no other way for our body to have communication than through physical sensations, right? The first line is we might get a thought, but we can fight our thoughts, right? We can distract ourselves from our thoughts. Not always easy, but we can do that. But when it comes to pain, it's much more difficult. So physical sensations is, is in a way, kind of the last resort that our body has to say, hello, can you hear me? Like, are you with me? And that's where we start to experience a lot of pain. And also just the stress response and dysregulation in the body causes a lot of gastrointestinal. So there's actually a big connection between IBS, Crohn's disease, just general, you know, discomfort in our stomach and mental health. And this Mm -hmm. is where, you know, it's kind of bringing in another piece, not to get too off topic, but nutrition really comes in like probiotics, right? Which serve the purpose of cleansing our gut, but also through the cleansing of our gut, it helps to regulate our neurotransmitters that then positively impact our mental health. Mm, I love that. No, you can go deep. You can absolutely go deep. <laughs> yeah, that's that is something that's important though, because as much as I was eating salads, 
I wasn't getting the proper protein. I wasn't getting whatever else I needed, even though I was trying to. I was also under an immense amount of stress. So no matter how healthy I was eating, if I was ignoring my gut that I should not yes. be there, then I mean, yes. therefore it's going to yeah. continue to scream at me. <laughs> Absolutely. It's like, I always talk about our body kind of being like a house and we have an alarm system and that alarm system is called anxiety. And when something isn't, you know, it's like if you have your home alarm and someone tries to break your window or they open your door, right? The alarm goes off. Same thing, our body, when someone is, whether it be a person, a situation, right? When it's intruding, when it's causing us pain, when it's causing us fear, when it's causing us discomfort in any way, that whether it be physical, psychological, emotional, our alarm system goes off and it doesn't make a sound. It only has sensations, right? It's the only way. So we're, we're going to feel physical sensation and that is the same as the alarm going off. It might be our heart racing, it might be a stomach ache, it might be a headache, but it's really more or less the, uh, it's an alarm, it's a message that our body's trying to say of, hey, my home, my body, my whole being does not feel good. Something is not right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think it's important to not ignore that and to not continue to believe the lies that the narcissist is placing on you to continue to manipulate you to stay because the only reason they really want you to stay is so that they can control you. It's not really yes. what they're saying about like, Oh, I love you. I, I need you. Well, yeah, they, they need you for the errands. They need you for the money. They need you for the supply, <laughs> but mm -hmm. someone who really truly loves you is not going to put you through so much emotional turmoil. Right. Yes, absolutely. I agree. Yeah. And a part of, you know, love is or loving unconditionally, right? So conditional love is something that a lot of individuals with narcissism re likely received growing up from their own upbringing, right? Conditional loving being love that came with certain rules, restrictions with, uh, you know, for example, it, individuals that grew up in, let's say, very high achieving families, right, where kids only received validation when they did really well at school or where they did really well at sports, they excelled, right? Well, over time, this then becomes a pattern of feeling validated through external recognition. But at the core is this conditional love. So a lot of narcissists do not have at times the awareness to start with, right, of uh, what unconditional love means, right? Because unconditional love, it's like any pet or uh, parents, right? We don't love our fur babies or our babies any less when they're sick, right? When they're like not feeling good and maybe they're throwing up or they're happy or they're sad, right? There's still that same level, if not more, right, of love, connection and care when, when our loved ones are feeling down. But oftentimes mm -hmm. this isn't so when, you know, we're talking about how narcissists give love or show love, it often comes from a, a very different framework of conditional versus unconditional loving. Yeah, I love that you brought that up. And I think even the, well, the empaths or the victims of the narcissist also can be raised in conditional love. And that's why they receive that. They, yes, they think it's yeah. normal to receive conditional love. They don't know any better. They don't stand up Absolutely. for themselves. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, it's almost like two sides of, you know, that there's often in codependency, we need the person who is, you know, who's dependent on, on the other individual and the person who needs someone to be dependent on them, right? In narcissistic relationships, we need the person who thrives off of the validation and the person who is used to giving validation to others to the point, right, that they're people pleasing and putting themselves last. So it's a perfect fit. You know, when you have someone that is that perhaps views some of your behaviors as selflessness because of the way they were raised. Right. So it's like this perfect fit between two individuals until, of course, it becomes completely unhealthy. But it is like while it is completely unhealthy at some point, there's some sort of balance at the beginning where it seems to be working until it's not. Yeah. And I think it's because it's so external, it works for a bit and then yes. it just doesn't because it's not sustainable. It's just like a exactly. horrible diet, right? Like, yes, you know, exactly. a hamburger and fries works for a bit and then it causes some real systemic issues the, the, the more you consume it. <laughs> Interestingly, with like a diet, it's it's like if we only if we only continued our diet every time someone told us, wow, you look great. You look like you've lost weight. I mean, those comments might come, right? But they're more... They're not every day, right? The actual, the healthy aspect of, let's say, weight loss or feeling good in our body is the things that we do every day when no one was watching, when no one's validating us, right? It's when you wake up and you decide to make a healthy choice. It's when we decide to move our bodies. And that's, there's no one there to say, do it or don't do it, right? It's self-accountability. So oftentimes it's, uh, yeah, that, that validation is hard to get all the time. And if we rely on it, then we would be falling short pretty frequently. Yeah, which is what the narcissist makes you feel. You're always falling short because it's not sustainable. You cannot be their super fan 100% of the time, especially when you start to get a job. Let's say you're you're younger, like for me, got a full-time job or you start to have babies, you know, you have the bills, you have the housework, you have everything else but the to. to fawn and fan over the narcissist and <laughs> they become <Yes>. resentful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's the same way that, you know, we talked about it working at some point it's fulfilling and it's almost like a broken glass in a way and you fill it and it, it never quite fills. It feels like it's full as long as there's a continuous pour, right? It's a continuing. Hmm. So what happens, right? It's like if we're pouring, 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 if you don't, as long as you don't stop pouring, the glass will be full. Right. But the moment you stop pouring that it's going to start to like, okay, gradually go down, down, down until eventually it's like, oh my God, I don't have this anymore. Right. So even for individuals with narcissism, there is at times a deep pain because there is, you know, a a perceived lack of Mm -hmm. attention that is needed, um, but it's being sought in a really unhealthy way. I love that. Yeah. Because narcissists are humans too. So I love that you brought that up. Yeah, but it's not our job to fix them. If they have Absolutely. a broken, they have a broken glass. They need to go to therapy and fill the hole up or for crack sure. in their glass. <laughs> oh, absolutely, and that goes for everything, right? Like, self accountability is is the most important part because we can try to help someone, but until that person understands from their own perspective why they need to make the change and what changes they need to make, we could try as much as we want, and it might not make any difference. And that's also speaking. From the therapist's point of view, a therapist does not expect to change anybody who doesn't want to be changed. Is that correct? Exactly. Absolutely. And even in therapy, you know, we have different what we call stages of change. So we have 
some clients where we're just planting a seed and we will not see the effects of change. They might come and have a few sessions, maybe a few months and terminate treatment. And it might feel like that person did not progress. However, maybe they decide whether through their own means or the future, you know, to go back to therapy. And maybe the next therapist now starts at a different place. So now the seed is sprouting, right? It's a different stage of change. And, you know, we start to, so change is gradual. It happens in different stages and we're all sprouting on different levels. So having the expectation of a full blossom change, right? Like it's, it's great. I mean, it's one of the most satisfying things as, you know, from my end as a clinician, um, mm-hmm. but it's also very satisfying to know that at the core we're planting seeds. Yeah. Great analogy too, because it is a slow process, as slow as watching yeah. a seed sprout and grow. I actually have planted these little seeds. I feel like it was like two new moons ago and they're still so tiny and they're tiny little seedling containers. Aww. They're getting taller. But yes. it's like every time I'm like, okay, come on, let's go. I want to put you in the real ground. Let's go. Let's keep growing. Yes. So, But you can't be impatient with growth, just like you cannot be impatient with your own emotional growth journey, your healing journey. Yes. It's like one little trigger at a time is one little root you can pluck out of the garden mm-hmm. or one little seed you plant into the garden, whichever way Absolutely. you want to look at it. <laughs> Definitely. And it's a process, right? If you're weeding a garden, I mean, if you have a small garden, you might be able to weed it all in one day. If you have mm-hmm. a huge garden, if you, you know, you have, and let's just say that each weed represents a traumatic experience, a really heavy emotion. And, you know, the bigger our trauma, the bigger our garden, the longer it's going to take for us to go through and weed everything out, right? And Sometimes we might be able to do it and some people might be able to do it in what seems like a shorter time. It's not necessarily, it's different, you know, depths and kind of processes that we go through. So definitely that makes, that makes a lot of sense. I love that. Yeah, absolutely. Now relating the garden and our mental health to our actual gut and our physical health, how are there certain different natural or holistic alternatives to improve improve our mental health? Absolutely. So one of the, the really cool things when we talk about kind of gut health and mental health, right? And this, I'm going to refer to it as a highway. So we have a highway that goes from our stomach up to our brain. And through this highway, we have things that can travel, right? We can have toxins that can travel. So when we mm-hmm. eat things that are allergens or toxic, right? They can literally go up to our brain and infiltrate our brain. So mm-hmm. I know a lot of people have heard of like leaky gut, you know, it's a bit more common. We also have leaky brain. So we have mm-hmm. similarly, our gut has a, a lining around it that over time through eating toxins can start to break down. Our brain has the same thing. And mm-hmm. if we're not feeding our brain and our gut with proper nutrition, then that barrier starts to break and toxins starts to go through. So on this highway, one of the, the things or one of the organisms that can travel. So probiotics are live organisms, right? Mm. So they literally can go up, up our highway and up to Mm. our brain. So they start, right? We take them. Yes. Clear (laughs) mind. Exactly. Uh So we drink it, goes down to our tummy. Mm -hmm. They do their job, but then they travel up. And this is healthy bacteria and unhealthy bacteria. They actually Mm -hmm. have found unhealthy bacteria in studies. I want to say in Alzheimer's, they have found traces of bacteria in the brain tissue. 
So probiotics is one really great way that we can start to balance out A, our gut health, right? But also start to literally go up into our brain and send. So probiotics are like, let's say our little warrior, you know, good bacteria. They go in and they cleanse and they eliminate all the ones that shouldn't be there. So probiotics is one. Omega-3s, right? Um, we know that it decreases inflammation and that's inflammation. We can have inflammation in our brain, right? So for example, a headache. A headache is oftentimes inflammation of the lining and we can feel it, right? You're like, oh, when we feel that, like sometimes when we have a headache and you literally feel maybe your temples or the back of your head, the front of your head, it's quite literally surrounding our brain. And that's Mm -hmm. because our brain, the lining is, it's inflamed. So anti-inflammatories, like omega-3s. Yeah, exactly. Mm. By all of the toxins. So what ends up happening is this lining Right. So we, our brain has, they're called tight junctions. So there's this little mechanism that opens and closes, right? So it only, it's supposed to only let certain things through like serotonin, right? Or certain neurotransmitters in and out of the, the brain. But sometimes toxins get into there and then they start to break, break it up. And it also, our brain isn't able to regulate what comes into our brain. So on a literal level, our brain tissue will start to swell and will feel pain. So we have things like anti-inflammatories, probiotics, our micronutrients, right? So all of our macro and micronutrients are really important. We can get these through diet. So magnesium, iron, B6, B12, vitamin C, vitamin E. So all of these are needed for practically everything. As it relates to mental health, they're actually needed to to convert uh, amino acids into neurotransmitters. So what this means is, for example, serotonin, let's call it our mood, right? Our Our mood neurotransmitter. Serotonin actually starts off as tryptophan and tryptophan can only be uh, consumed through food. So tryptophan is found in turkey, cheese, dairy, chicken, and you know, there's, it's found in a lot, but it's higher in some sources. So tryptophan, is an amino acid, but then it gets converted over to serotonin. Actually, it gets converted over into 5-HTP, um, which some people do take over the counter. And then 5-HTP turns into serotonin, and then that turns into melatonin. But in between mm-hmm. all of this, we need uh, certain nutrients like magnesium, B6, um, in order to actually cross them over. And this is where to support mm-hmm. a healthy brain, we have to make sure that we're, we're consuming all of the nutrients that are needed to turn uh, amino acids that we get in our food into the, you know, the healthy and balanced neurotransmitters. Okay. So tryptophan, I'm just going to like go with a super stereotypical example. So you eat your Thanksgiving dinner, which has barely any rainbow or greens. You have the turkey. Okay. Tryptophan. So since you're not consuming the vitamin D, most people aren't, the vitamins and micronutrients that are in the vegetables and the rainbow foods from the earth, then it can't really transfer up to serotonin. It just kind of, does it go up as a toxin or? I love that you said that. My example (laughs) for tryptophan is always Thanksgiving. And like, we're on the same wavelength. This is amazing. So the, the good thing is that if somebody eats a generally balanced diet, right? Even if we're not eating all the the veggies, the day of, and we're just eating a lot of turkey, right? Some nutrients are in our body for a bit longer. So we still have reserves, right? They get stored. So Mm -hmm. we're able to pull from our reserves and, you know, hopefully be able to still synthesize them. 
one way that I utilize actually Thanksgiving is to, all right, so we eat the turkey, right? Lots of turkey, lots of tryptophan. Let's, let's just assume that to some degree we have sufficient nutrients, maybe from, you know, the more, maybe in the morning before we got there, we ate an orange or we had a, a relatively healthy breakfast. So we go from the tryptophan, then we go 5-HT people, we go to serotonin, right? So usually what happens after we eat, we get happy or while we're eating, right? We're like, oh, mm. this is great. This food is amazing. I love this. The people mm-hmm. around me, I love holidays. I'm so grateful, right? We have this boost, right? So serotonin is up and we're feeling really good. And then serotonin turns into melatonin, which is sleepy time. So we literally see the conversion, right? Go from like <laughs> turkey, so happy, so sleepy. And it's this wave. It's hilarious. Now that you know, I pay attention. You'll see people go from like, really talkative and excited. And then after, I would say like about like an hour or two after everyone eats, everyone just starts to kind of get sleepy or quiet or, and that's like, in you know, we get to see live the conversion from serotonin to melatonin and then everyone takes a nap. So it's just a perfect experiment on Thanksgiving day because it's just Mm -hmm. the abnormal amount of tryptophan. Tryptophan, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Which is why people love Thanksgiving, right? A lot of people that I know just love it. And Mm. one, you know, of course, if we are, if we have the opportunity to spend time with friends or family, that can be, you know, really, really nice, right? There's, there's a lot of gratitude floating around, but also there is a lot of serotonin in the the air. Interesting. Interesting. Uh Yeah, I didn't even think about the serotonin in the middle. Actually, I didn't know about it. So that's really, really cool to see. Yes. But so with so much of us having a lot of white processed food in our bodies or our diets, how do we, it's like, seems nearly impossible to eliminate it, but we all know that we need to be eating better so that we can improve our mental health. Like, do you have any little, like simple little tips on how to Yeah. So there's, you know, I think it's, it's tough because we are inundated by advertisement on, you know, these really with seemingly delicious food and a lot of the food that is accessible on a larger scale, we we have what are called food deserts and food deserts are areas that don't have access to healthy foods. And these actually tend to be inner cities. There are not as many local fresh produce or they're farther away. Um, so it, sometimes it can be hard to actually get these foods or expensive sometimes, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. one of the things that are important, so for example, the U.S., uh, we tend to be pretty deficient in a lot of our nutritional levels. Around 68% of Americans are deficient in magnesium. So that mm-hmm. is a lot, right? Vitamin D, especially when we're spending a lot of time indoors. So one of the, the key things, so it's kind of a, a multiple prong approach. One, right, we want to try to be intentional with making healthy choices, this can be hard to change everything at once. You know, yeah. I like the idea of 1% better a day. What is one thing, just one thing that I can do? Can I swap just one Coca-Cola with a glass of water? Can I, you know, just little by little, we make these choices, right? So one is intentional eating. Two, at times uh, it is helpful to supplement, right? So whether it be through multivitamins and finding, you know, different ways that support our body. And then, you know, three, as far as getting like a mental boost or feeling good, doing things that we love, right? So exercise, spending time with 
with friends, family, engaging in a hobby. So it's kind of this three-prong approach, right, of uh, nutrition, supplementation, and in some ways just engaging our mind and stuff that we love. And for me, this has been a huge area of, of passion for me. And this is exactly where, you know, so I talked about earlier how last year I had manifested that I really wanted to have this nutraceutical company. And the reason mm-hmm. why is that while I was working on my research in the midst of the pandemic, I was getting so many calls from clients and I still do with anxiety and, you know, really wanting to get better. And of course, talk therapy helps, but the collective anxiety, and I was like, we need to do something like, this is great. I'm happy to offer the support that I can, but we need more, right? We need, we need more outlets. We need more support. And this is where not, you know, super excited to have taken. So with my partners, we developed, it's actually a little pill pack. So it comes with five different ingredients in it. I was part of the team that formulated them. So each of these ingredients are like perfectly blended based on research to not only provide those nutrients, but work with each other. And, you know, so looking at alternatives such as supplements that are specific, it can be overwhelming. There's so many supplements. I went to CVS the other day and it feels like the supplement aisle just gets longer. It was on both sides. It used to be on one side. It was one side and then the uh, and. And I love supplements. This is what I do every day. But I was overwhelmed. And I was like, how do I, like, I granted I have a doctorate in this. And even I was like, how do I choose? This is a lot. So we really tried to take the guesswork out. I take it every day. I love it. I feel really good. In addition to vitamins, we also want to look at things that support the central nervous system, right? So herbs, botanicals. So in the blend, we've included magnesium, B6, that probiotic, right? We want that the healthy bacteria. We also have L-theanine, which is an amino acid that induces relaxation, focus, and we have passion flower. It has been extensively studied and found to have the similar efficacy as antidepressants or medication for anxiety. So we tried Mm -hmm. to really bring a blend, right? So vitamins, probiotics, botanicals, and amino acids, and put them all in synergy. So thinking about different options is, you know, is a great way. Targeted from different angles, I would say. And therapy. And there's therapy therapy. for sure. (laughs) Yeah, but if you start from the inside out. Now, is Mm -hmm. this something that you could take instead of your multivitamin? Is there enough in there? So we're including magnesium and B6. However, you can continue a regular regimen. We've even Mm -hmm. specifically formulated it so that it can be taken with medication. So if somebody is Mm -hmm. taking medication for anxiety, they don't have to leave their medication. It actually helps the absorption, right? So again, because of that breakdown, we are going in and we're boosting the body's ability to synthesize serotonin. So We don't have to stop what we're doing. You can take your multivitamin. You can take your medication. It's going to work independently or with whatever we might already be taking. Okay. Very cool. Yeah, that's amazing. So we have changing up one thing in our diet for a week maybe at a time, getting the supplements that are going to help boost our mental health and increase our serotonin, and then getting outside more. Like you said, doing a hobby. Yeah. You said, yeah, yes. like getting outside, getting your body moving. Absolutely. All the basics yes. we know, but I think carving out time is really 
what needs to happen in order for it to get done. And intention. (laughs) We can take something that we're already doing, right? Mm -hmm. So a lot of times I have found great pleasure in doing things that I've done my whole life, you know? And so, for example, uh, one of the things that I decided to do for my own mental health was to specifically select uh, face wash or like face scrubs that, Mm -hmm. that gave me comfort by the smell. So, and what I mean by that smell is a great way to soothe our anxiety. It's actually one of our primary ways. So I, I have different face scrubs and one of them, for example, is eucalyptus, right? And eucalyptus reminds me of, I went to Maui once and we were biking down a volcano and it was like, it was just, it was drizzling, but the smell, there was a eucalyptus forest. So while I was going down the volcano on a bike, we went through and around the forest and yeah. the smell of eucalyptus just like, and it was breezy. It smelled good. So every time I scrub my face, I'm like, oh, I am in Maui. This is great. I feel good. Right. So we can choose to do things like taking a shower. Right. But let's enjoy it. Let's add in a soap that smells good, a face scrub, a lotion, you know, mm-hmm. taking any activity that we already do and enhancing it by bringing joy and pleasure. I love it. That's perfect. That is literally the sum of just the whole round treatment of the naturalistic treatment. I love it. Thank you so much for all this information. We'll have all the links down in the show notes to your supplement and all of that. Thank you. Thank you so much for allowing the space. Thank you for your expertise and sharing with us how that all works. Yes, thank you. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Raven Scott Show and DM me free gift to get your free how to draw powerful boundaries free workshop and also connect with at join become with a K. If you wish to break through the subconscious blocks that are energetically keeping you from love and relationships, healthy partners and abundance, visit www.madvi.ca that's M-A-D-H-V-I dot C-A. And the link will be in the show notes. Happy new moon in Libra today. This autumn lunation hits the emotional reset button, creating some much needed balance in our lives. It gives a good time for us to start new relationships, clear out old and toxic ones, or just look at a situation through clear eyes. I do also offer coaching sessions for you specifically on recovering and healing from narcissistic abuse. I'm taking one-on-one coaching clients. So contact me through the link in the show notes to grab your coaching sessions today. Well, everyone remember, I always say, keep your unique light shining. We'll see you next episode. I need time to heal, I can't